Charlie Braid's Price reporting for Das Duty. Today, my interviewee is Sunshine Jackson, a senior producer and film editor whose CV reads as a wish list for empowering programme making. From Jamie's School Dinners, Hunted and Eden for Channel 4, to BAFTA award-winning Exodus for the BBC. My very first job in the media was for an animation company run by two guys, and I genuinely can't remember the name of it or the name of them, thank God, I think, um... But, uh, and I probably worked there for a year, year and a half, and I was 18 and I was really kind of nervous and I was thinking, trying to work out what I wanted to do and I dropped out of college and all that kind of stuff. So it was a very vulnerable position, really. Mm. And uh, they were going off to the MIPCOM um, in Cannes, the big TV sales um, mm-hmm. thing, event, and, uh, and they were going to take me with them. And the day before we were leaving... It was pointed out that the, one of the directors had only booked one hotel room, so I'd have to stay with him. Oh, God. And you just go, oh, that's that job fucked then, you yeah. know. And you just sort of walk away. And that it didn't even feel surprising. Yeah. It felt sort of, oh, just a little bit disappointing because now I need to go and find another job because this is just going to be too awkward because I'm going to say no. And so I didn't go to Cannes. And obviously I've been really God, excited imagine. about going to Cannes. I know. Such a shame that they ruin it. Day, <laughs> probably cut that bit out. <laughs> but when I say they, I mean horrible people, not all men. <laughs> I think Jamie's school dinners is amazing. Just it was the first time I'd seen a TV show that was kind of doing something that had a bigger effect than just that program, mm. and it felt really. I think that all the stuff that I mentioned that you make is really empowering because they all have an element of the contributors doing something for themselves and getting an experience or, you know, doing a campaign or in the case of Exodus, filming their experiencing experience from their perspective. Mm. And we fought very hard on Exodus not to have commentary, mm. that their interviews would form the basis of the, of the arc of the storytelling, that we wouldn't fill in the gaps because we felt it was really important. It was their voice and not yeah. our voice that was, that was being heard. They put around 35 people on one boat and they were like, go. And it was around 62 to 63 people left and there was one boat. This is not going to go right. This is not going to be okay. There were 13 children of those 62 people. Pack bags and it's physically impossible for us to make it. So tell me about Amplify, your new production company, and what it's doing. So I have this wonderful producer that I worked with on uh, Eden, and before that on Skint, uh, called Alice McMahon Major. And she and I, she's had, she had this idea, I think ages ago, to set up a feminist production company, and she was going to call it The Coven, and we were going to be <laughs> witches. And so that sounds on the, amazing. On the, yeah, <laughs> and we just used it as a joke to kind of feel better when you're when you're feeling a bit besieged in quite mm. a male environment. We do know. that a lot in my office. It's like when we have our own production company, we don't have to put up with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, it, but but uh, I took, so Eden was a massive struggle. Um, it was a very difficult production and what came out of it, Eden Paradise Lost, was very upsetting 
it was very misogynistic. There was lots of really unpleasant things that we discovered about human nature, I think. Um, and, and, you know, and how necessary it is to be bound by society in order to sort of, for some people, to hold on to their sense of decency. So, and it was very controversial. And it's, it is an amazing series, although nobody watched it because it, it became the kind of series everyone had gone, oh, it's been a failure. It's a psycho-horror reality documentary and I don't believe there has been such a thing it's like we invented a new genre stand these people us men need to do the manly jobs the women need to do the women jobs it's a muddy dark stinking hellhole what really clearly rang through for me was that the thing to do was to make a production company that worked for the way that women work and the shocking, I mean, the statistics about, you know, how many women writers, screenwriters, how many women directors all, yeah. all across television, the figures are unbelievable. They're like 11%, 13%. It's disgusting. But then the Harvey Weinstein story broke. Yeah. And everybody went, oh, shit, this is a really toxic industry for women. And it's not just actresses, you know. No, it's everybody. Everybody. When it broke, I remember thinking, oh, yeah. And then other people's reaction. I was like, how did you not know? Mm. This happens to everybody. Mm. And there's been lots of huddles at my workplace and with other friends who work in the industry of us just being like, oh, yeah, and this happened and this happened. And Keogh Films is somewhere I worked for a long time and a lot of my the best things I've done has been at Keogh. And it's a great company and I love them dearly. Um, but I have watched them have, you know, two young APs, uh, both you know, bright, brilliant, you know, hardworking, really engaged. Um, if I'm completely honest, the woman I'm thinking of was a little bit more switched on than the guy, but the person who was kept on was the guy, or the person who was handed the camera yeah. was the guy. Always the way. And you and and so it is a it's a confidence issue. Women, you know, young women go, oh, I don't know how to use a camera where they might just go, oh, I'll just dig in, I'll figure it out. Mm. Or I'll go and watch a load of YouTube videos, I'm sure I'll master it. Yeah. They maybe lack the confidence to bullshit in that way and go, yeah. oh, I'll do it, I'll do it. That's definitely me. <laughs> I absolutely lack the confidence to bullshit. I'll always say, oh, I'm not very good though, I'll shoot it, but, you know, you might want to get someone else to do it. And then you walk out the room and think, I've just, like, cost myself yeah. a really good opportunity there. And then... Do you know how many times I've had rushes? As an editor, right, I've seen unbelievable amounts of rushes. Do you know how many times I've seen a guy who's like, yeah, yeah, he can shoot, um, and he's gone off and shot, and it's come back in, and it is diabolical. It's really? uneditable, and, it, I mean, just unbelievably bad. Wow. And do you know what? They don't even get rid of them then. They kind of go, oh, he's not that experienced, give him another go. So, And you just think, if, you, if, you, if women only knew they could do that, it's not rocket science, is it? Yeah. I mean, it sounds simple. Yeah. We want to have a woman in a key author authorship role in every production that we do. Have you ever felt like the token woman on a team? I've often been the only woman woman on a team. Yeah, me too. I've 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 often you turn up and then you're like, oh, I was hoping that that Jamie or that Joe would might be a woman when they're yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, and 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 it is true that the emotional work falls to you. You're the person who remembers it's somebody's birthday or yeah. you know gets a card. 
make sure everybody's got food. Um, yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah, and I, I'm of a generation where I felt privileged privileged to have a seat at the table. Um, it's only now looking back that you go, you know, it would have been a lot more fun if there'd been a lot more women. Uh, and and having built my own teams as a senior producer now, uh, building a team with a woman that with a lot of women in it was fantastic and I loved every day of being in that team even mm. when it was really hard mm. and I've been to rap parties uh, like a rap party that ended in a strip club God. and I was like this is the thank you for the work we've been done is to take a team that has women on it as well as men mm. and some of the women I mean I don't know if it I'm being really protective, but some of the women were, like, younger. Mm. I felt hugely protective mm. over them because all the, all the horrible men in the strip club leering at them mm. ended up getting very drunk, crying and shouting at everybody because I just I couldn't bear it because I was just like, this, a year's worth of work mm. and this is, this is where we have to go. This is how we celebrate. And I don't know, often when you're working in those really male environments you do end up in situations that you would just never be in. Mm. You know, I would be very surprised if anybody invited you to a strip club uh, for a TV from a TV company now. Yeah. I think there has been a change and people are shitting themselves, yeah. rightly. MPs in particular. I think like. it's funny when people are like, oh, it's a witch hunt. And it's like, no, because witches aren't real. <laughs> Sexual predators are. So it's not. <laughs> no. It's not like we're looking for unicorns. <laughs> we're just we're just naming the people who have touched us, who yeah. have acted inappropriately, inappropriately towards us. Have you ever worked on anything that you weren't happy with the output of? As the editor, I have quite a lot of power in the way that people are represented mm. and done my best to represent and structure those in such a way to, to give an authentic picture of what somebody how somebody comes across mm. so I mean having said that there were a few sort of formats in the early days um, there was one called Can You Live Without one was Can You Live Without Sex and I think we you know I like to think we found a little bit of truth and, and 3D humanity in amongst that but I mean the ideas were pretty unreconstructed in some ways mm. I worked on Celebs Go Dating for E4 my Christmas job last year um, and there there's a section in it where they do um, kind of talking head interviews with the celebrities that is cut against them on their date. And the edit would give you a list of the things they'd like the celebrities to say. And I always hid when it was t t turn to decide who was going to go and do the interviews because they'd basically, you'd read a line and they'd read it back to you. So mm. it's the, can you say, cool, she was fit, she was wearing a really low cut, cut top or mm. oh she's gagging for it and I just I was just like I can't I can't do this I just think it's it's such time to start looking at sexual politics in a different way mm. we're so in television land we're so far behind mm -hmm. we're so old-fashioned I mean I feel really hopeful you know I try and kind of you know on my Instagram I try and uh, dip into what's going on with women quite a lot younger than me because mm. I do find it massively encouraging. Feminism was a dirty word for like 15 years. We were ladettes if we were anything. I mean, we took strength from it, but that was only those of us who went the ladette route, you know. Um, and truthfully, yeah, it's just a false friend. Actually, we want to be women. Thanks very much. Yeah, the th um, fighting against lag culture mm. and being told you're a ladette is yeah. probably the worst thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I did the very first ever episode of Super Nanny, 
and I, I love Super Nanny. Well, Joe I... Frost is my hero. <laughs> I think she's brilliant. <laughs> This family have been avoiding going to public places because of Gabe's outbursts. There is no two ways about it. Mum has chosen to pacify Gabe on every level. Sit down. Okay, I'll hang you in the chair. Sit back down. What's he, What's he saying? Still wants his passy. And so when Gabe pitches a fit and he wants what he wants, he gets what he wants. And this, this is the penalty for it. But I remember this conversation about uh, what she should wear. And it right. was 100% a fetish conversation. She's quite... Because she has her leather gloves, doesn't she? And she's yeah. very formally dressed. It's almost like a, a sexy trun trunchbull kind yeah. of... Character, yeah. yeah, yeah. That opening shot of her with her gloves, yeah. It's like, what is this, Mary Poppins, trunchbull, sexy lady? <laughs> and then she comes in, and it's like just Joe, Joe yeah. Frost, and she's just really down to earth, nice lady. Exactly, <laughs> wearing a t-shirt and you know things that toddlers can puke on, and and uh, and it won't be a disaster. Yeah, but it was very interesting listening to men make a decision. The female SP, uh, female director, the first episode. But it was the exec and the commissioning editor making that decision. And there, I mean, you know, I'd been around the block by then even, and I was pretty shocked by their conversation. There's a lack of imagination where you have quite a male, white, middle-class commissioning editor class. Mm -hmm. yeah. across, I mean, there are more women at the BBC, but a lot of men elsewhere. And it's very hard for them to imagine what other people would like to watch or what women would like to watch, perhaps. Mm. Certainly, uh, it's interesting to see that Amazon is is uh, commissioning quite a lot more female-focused content mm. because they have data about what people watch. Uh, when I went to do Hunted, now, in a crew of 120, 160 people, I think we were, it was a massive crew for a month-long shoot, I was the only woman with dependent children. Oh, my God. And there were men with dependent children, but, for instance, you know, at senior level, where I was, they, one of them was staying in a hotel rather than going and dealing with their toddler uh, at the oh end of the God. day. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, it was that sort of, we need you to dedicate yourself fully to, to yeah. this work. If I, on one particular week-long shift, I wasn't going to see my kids at all for the entire week. And I said, look, can we just redo this schedule so that I will see my kids at least once every four days to be there at bedtime once a week? Can I just swap a shift with somebody? Or just that, you know... And it, there was a massive pushback. And the production manager was like, oh, yeah, we've all got people, friends and family we'd like to see. It's like, no, it's not that I would like to see them. I'm a total workaholic. I would love to bury myself in my work. But they need to see me. Dependent children. They are the dependent, key phrase yes, there. Dependent <laughs> children. Uh, and, you know, uh, and I then got phone calls from the execs going, oh, we thought you were really on board. I'm like, yeah, I totally am. I was just fucking pushing back on the fact that people were saying you can't be a mother and, you know, and need to go and see your kids. And I turned that around, that production, uh, for me, by shaving my hair off. Right. Sounds really extreme, but I just had this sort of... I thought, God, I'm, I feel like they're all just looking at me a little bit like a sort of yummy mummy. And it was like overnight, so I started wearing my big 
heavier framed glasses and had all my hair cut off and overnight everybody's attitude towards me changed. Oh my God, I need to do this. <laughs> but it was really strange. You just think that should not matter, right? I am the same creative person, whether I had long mummy hair, yeah. you know, and, uh, and didn't wear my glasses much or whether I'm doing this kind of big strident bitch number visually. Mm. That shouldn't make a difference, but it made a huge difference. God, I always get... Um, I, I just... People always come to me with receipts and ask me what's where we're where we're having lunch and it's it's really frustrating especially when you're trying to direct something like the first time I ever got to direct anything it was just an interview like a bit of a talking head interview and everyone started complaining at me about their breakfast and I was just like I'm directing today can you talk to the runners about it <laughs> and I just I think I, I look quite young I get a really red face when mm. I'm stressed out People think you're you're really young, and mm. it's really hard to win people round. Yeah. Really hard, especially if you've got a, a crew of all men, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Right, we're going to do it like this," and you're like, "No, hang on, yeah. hang on a minute." I had and to... that, I really struggle with that. And we were having a meeting the other day, and they were saying, "What do you want to make? What do you you know? What I'm in development at the moment, so we're thinking of new ideas." And I was like, "I just want to make something really feminist and in your face." Mm. Because women are really angry. I suggested I suggested this about five years ago mm. uh, to Nick Mursky, and he was in. Uh, we were at Keo, and uh, and I was like, "Why is nobody? I mean, even if like, why is no one making any feminism on telly? Yeah, like even if it's eleven o'clock at night, sort of, you know, magazine sh style show, you know, yeah, uh, like but but that's like overtly feminist because." Even the Sunday Times has got feminism in it. Yeah, like even the Daily Mail does. Exactly. Do you know I, what mean? I mean, it's not my sort of feminism, <laughs> no. but she mail is yeah. strong and it's around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you know, why is that not being reflected in television? Yeah. Because you know, television is dragging way behind. So what am I not supposed to have an opinion? Should I keep quiet just because I'm a woman? Call me a bitch because I speak what's on my mind. Guess it's easier for you to swallow if I sat and smile. Do you want to do any plugging of Amplify? Is there anything well, what uh, you're looking for? We are looking for uh, basically new and established women filmmakers. Uh, writers for scripted content. Uh, d directors for all sorts of television and long form um, right across the board you know reach out to us because it's going to be an amazing place to work I think um, and one of the ways that we're going to kind of get started is have some sort of development groups and so we're, we're going to ask people who really want to be sort of a part of it if they'll pledge a few hours once every two months or something and come and help us do development because that's one of the hardest things to do. You know, mm. people have, you know, big companies have, you know, development departments 40 big uh, and still struggle to get commissions. So um, we need, well, that's what we're going to need to, you know, and, and also having female development teams makes me think we might come up with some interesting new things that we can pitch to channels. Lots of things going on, but yeah. we are amplifypictures.co.uk. Brilliant. Um, we'll we put links on the DAS amazing. Twitter and Facebook and amazing. try and get everybody involved. Thanks for listening.
for listening, everybody. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. It'll be really nice, and we'd like it a lot, because sometimes sometimes it's nice to know that there's someone out there listening. And if you're listening, just let us know. We have a Facebook page. Just have to type in Das Podcast, and we're on Instagram and Twitter. Just Instagram is This Is Das, and um, Twitter is Das underscore podcast. And, like, challenge us, man, because we're here, and we're saying loads of stuff, and we're not always right, and it's nice... It's nice to have a conversation. Das is all about having your voice heard, so keep testing us.